1: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, May the 9th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On May 9, 1994, South Africa's newly elected parliament chose Nelson Mandela to be the country's first black president. Today, in 1914, President Woodrow Wilson, acting on a joint congressional resolution, signed a proclamation designating the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day. Today in 1951, the U.S. conducted its first thermonuclear experiment as part of Operation Greenhouse. They detonated a 225 kiloton device on an atoll in the Pacific. The device was named George. Today in 1962, scientists at MIT Succeeded in reflecting a laser beam off the surface of the moon. Laser has become, I understand, a significant tool in our military uh, environment, in our military uh, equipment. Today in 1970, President Richard Dixon made a surprise impromptu pre-dawn visit to the Lincoln Memorial, There were a bunch of kids sleeping on the steps. They'd been up all night chanting and and, uh, protesting. And uh, they'd been protesting the Vietnam War and the shootings at Kent State University at the time. Richard Nixon showed up, surprised them, shocked them. And he visited with them for a while and listened to some of their complaints. Very interesting. They did not expect that. The press did very little to help richard nixon and i suppose he brought some of that on himself nonetheless but speaking of the vietnam war it's kind of an interesting thing i didn't pay a lot of attention to the coronation of king charles but i did notice that former secretary of state john kerry was sitting in the audience and i i i didn't notice at the first glance but they kept the camera on him for a minute and i thought what what is that he was sitting there he had a blue like a business suit on and uh, he had all these honors, these military honors uh, on, his, on his shoulder, I mean, on his vest of the suit, all pinned on there. There's several of them on there. And my mind goes back a ways, and I thought, wait a minute. Where did he get those? Jo- this reminded me of pictures taken of Kerry and other protesters back in the, in the day, in the Vietnam War days, the early 70s, they, he Kerry in particular went to the White House and he threw his medals that he had won and there were several of them in the in, uh, awarded during the Vietnam War. He threw them over the fence. He was very upset. In fact, I I, I looked it up. It was November 6, 1971. He told WRC TV, "I gave back my medals." He said his country forced him to do so because the war in Vietnam was perverted. I'm wondering how he unperverted the war, probably the same way he uncarbonizes his continuous flying around the globe in a private jet protesting climate change. He threw his his medals away because he was mad at the government. And he didn't want them. They took them away from him, he told the press. And yet, there he was sitting at the coronation of King Charles with all those medals on. How does that work? Next time, if you would do me a favor, next time you talk to John, Kerry, ask him about that and let me know, will you? Hebrews chapter 13 is... Hebrews is a marvelous book. All the books of the Bible are marvelous in the sense they are inspired by God. They are infallible. They are the word of the Lord. Hebrews is a very instructional book in the New Testament. I was reading in Hebrews this morning, and I thought I'd share a little bit of what I read myself today, just in inspirational reading for Gary. Um, Verse 5 of Hebrews chapter 13 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Jesus Christ will not leave us nor forsake us, regardless of the circumstances we're going through. Verse 6 says that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. There's nothing to be afraid of, because God is our helper. The Lord is our helper. Verse 7 says, Remember them which have ruled over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God. They're talking about Christian leadership here. Whose faith follow. In other words, remember, remember them who rule over you, who lead in the Christian community, and they have spoken unto you the word of God. And remember those whose faith followed. They were for real. The guys that spoke to you, considering the end of their conversation. And then in verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I thought, we live in such a changing world. that We talk about that on this program every day, about what's changing and what's in the news at the moment. We're going to do that today, but... In that, The backdrop of all of that, the foundation of our lives itself, is the fact that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The world changes. Ideas change. Our culture changes, for sure. Our culture is a disaster. It's a cesspool right now. But Jesus Christ doesn't change. It really bothers me when the left is always talking about change. Barack Obama couldn't open his mouth without talking about change. He was always change. Kamala Harris tries to mimic him a lot, and she talks about change all the time. They don't even know what they're talking about. They just want to change. If if, If there's something that is a certain way, they want to change. I mean, if something isn't working, of course you need to change it. But interestingly enough, the left will attach themselves to leftist views Cultural Marxism for the most part, socialistic kinds of views, then they don't talk about change because they won't change. Even when they're taking a country down to its knees culturally, they won't change. That's the world we live in. But the one the, the one truth that we stand on as believers is the fact that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then following that sentence, the writer says, be not carried away with divers and strange doctrines, and goes on to talk about some strange doctrines and talks about the fact that the, the meat that was offered on the altars as a reminder of sin has now been satisfied and we no longer go to those altars We have Jesus Christ as our advocate to the Father because he died for our sins and he was resurrected from the dead. Praise the Lord. The border disaster is real. It's already happening. Experts who study this regularly are saying that as many as 10,000 illegals are going to cross the border every day, starting Thursday. The Biden administration can't admit that any one policy that Donald Trump had when he was president is worthy of leaving in place. They want to tear down every policy. It doesn't matter. It's just because they hate the president so much, the former president so much. They don't have the, the interest. They don't have the country's best interest at heart. What they have at heart is their own political career. They are occupiers. They're not leaders in the offices that they have. Some of them elected, some of them appointed. Joe Biden, apparently, elected. I don't believe he got 83 million or whatever it was votes, but this is where we are today. Even the New York Times is trying to awaken their ally on the left, President Biden and his administration, to this coming disaster at the Texas-Mexico border. And the Texas-Mexico border is long it covers a lot of territory. The Times says, the New York Times, they're they're on the left. They're the, one of the cheerleaders for the left. They say, barring a last-minute legal change, the Trump-era policy known as Title 42 will expire at 11.59 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. Thousands will flow into this country. Some of them are good people just wanting a better life. I understand that, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Some of them are terrorists who will want to kill people, disrupt and destroy this nation. We don't know who's who because they have no idea who these 10,000 people per day are or will be. That's the day in which we live. I was reminded of something James Madison said, one of our founding fathers, second president. Knowledge will forever govern ignorance, and people who mean to be their own governors must arm themselves with the power which knowledge gives. We live in a day when we've got to be informed. That's what we try to do on this program, and many of you who listen to it, and we do have a growing audience, I am humbled and I am appreciative. Thank you. That's what we try to do. We try to inform as to what's happening in our world each day and give a biblical perspective on those happenings because, as Madison said, knowledge will forever govern ignorance, and a people who mean to be their own governors must arm themselves with the power which knowledge gives. We've got to be informed. I've, I've said this before, but I, I hear so often. It, it, I understand it, but it concerns me. I hear Christians so often say, well, I don't want to know about all that stuff. I, I just turn off, I turn off the radio. I turn off the TV. I don't want to know about it. I just can't deal with it. I can't handle it. I get sick of it. So do I. But we've got to know it. Because God's people have got to take a stand We've got to be that light, that candle that I talked about the last couple of days and mentioned yesterday and Friday. We've got to be that candle in the darkness. Otherwise, there is no candle in the darkness. That's what God has called us to be. He said, Jesus said, you are, not you will be, but you are the light in the darkness. You are the salt that will slow down the deterioration and the decay in the culture. We've got to know what's going on. Thank you for supporting this program. That's what we try to do each day, is help people to be aware of what's going on and give some biblical perspective on what's going on. So thank you so much for your support. We need it. Each station that you're listening to today, that whomever you are and wherever you are, it, that station budget is paid for by the people who listen to that station and support this ministry. That's how this works. And if a station and an area is not supporting the station they listen to, we won't, wouldn't be able to stay on. So I would encourage you to stand with us if you believe that what we're doing has value, and so many of you do. And I'm humbled, and I thank you. But we need to hear from you if you are, if you if you are with us and you want to be a part of this, and you feel the Lord would have you to help support it. Please do. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Although it's clearly impossible for the Times to say anything positive about former President Trump, his Title 42 policy, he's held back the tsunami of the masses from illegally flowing into the United States. It has worked. Everybody knows that. The press knows it. The New York Times knows it. I mean, all these guys know this. Somebody around Joe Biden has got to know that too. Maybe he even knows it, but he doesn't care. As I said, we're living in an era right now where the people in in office are occupiers. They're not leaders. President Biden has said publicly, and he he thinks that's a positive statement. I think it's a negative one. He says his, his his dream of his whole life was to be president of the United States. Wouldn't we rather have a president who has a dream of of a city on a hill, a great America, where freedom reigns, let freedom ring across the land and let liberty ring across the land and so on? Oh, no. No, it's about me. And unfortunately, this administration reflects that kind of thinking out of the Oval Office. Wow, I made it. I'm here. My lifelong dream to be president of the United States. Not that that's not a high office. It's probably the most powerful office on the planet. But if that's your lifelong dream to be president, and then it ends there, and somebody carries you into the White House and say, you won, that's not what America needs. We need someone who wants to be president and will run and take all the the backlash of running for president because they love the country and they want to see the country do better and improve. And they want to see liberty and freedom protected and God-honored in this nation. We don't have that now. That's the problem. And it's not just ideologically, but it's, it plays out in policy. And this border fiasco that's about to happen, the lifting of Title 42, because they hate Trump, they won't leave that in place. I mean, that's just the way it is. So that's where we are today. Will they awaken and do something constructive for our country? Or will they sit and say, I made it. I'm the president of the United States. What's going on now at the border? What'd you say about that? The New York Times says border agents, state and local officials, and even President Biden's top aides in Washington are all bracing for the arrival of tens of thousands of migrants in the coming days. It sounds like all of a sudden someone like Donald Trump has, or whomever has put this great plague on these people, but they're in place and they're going to try to solve the problem. They created the problem. That's our problem. It's not like someone foisted this problem upon them and now they're saying, we're going to fix this. We're going we're to rise to the occasion and we'll solve this or whatever. Oh no, they created the problem. And even the New York Times, even the words that the press uses tend to lean people in their understanding of the issues toward the idea that somehow this just happened. But they're there and not to worry because we can we can handle this. We're bracing for it. Already people have begun crossing the US border towns. I wrote an article about it today at Faith and Freedom. Uh, dot us our website and there's a lot of pictures that my office included in the article that i wrote they're gra- they're very gra i mean they're not graphic in the sense but they're very uh revealing as to what's going on in el paso in particular i mean it looks like portland and seattle i mean there's people sleeping on the sidewalks all over the place you couldn't walk down the street they're from a lot of them are from venezuela and all the other Latin and Central American countries. People have been crossing into U.S. border towns anticipating the end of Title 42. These people know what's going on. They watch television in those third world countries now. Since 2020, Title 42 has allowed the government to swiftly expel citizens of several countries back to Mexico. The Times notes that three cities in Texas, Brownsville, Laredo, and El Paso, have declared a state of emergency. Outside of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in downtown El Paso last week, there was a a tableau of, of human misery fanned out for blocks and blocks and blocks with destitute migrants occupying every spit of the sidewalk. Biden's border chief says he can't explain the border rush. He said that. We're in a state of confusion in this country. And I hear people, I hear Christians saying, well, I could never vote for somebody like Donald Trump. He's immoral. Is this not immoral as well? It's going to destroy our country. I'm not advocating you vote for Trump. I can't do that. I can't advocate for for." People for political office, but I'm just saying, what a faulty premise when the choice is Biden or Trump or whatever. President Joe Biden's border chief says he can't explain why hundreds of thousands of migrants are rushing over the border that he has been tasked to guard. It's pathetic. Can you explain why you've seen this big surge of migrants in the last couple of weeks, he was asked by the press? Alondro Mayorkas was asked that on Friday, last Friday, six days before he lifts the Title 42 border barrier, which is day after tomorrow. He said it's very difficult. I'm quoting him. It's very difficult to identify the cause It's not really very difficult for we common folk out here. Even those seeking to enter the U.S. illegally, all they've got is the shirt on their back and the jeans they're wearing, and they're sneaking into the United States from Venezuela in particular right now, but elsewhere. It's easy for them to understand it. Even I can understand it. Little old me. I get it. They're coming in here because they want a better life, and America is the greatest nation on the planet still And they want to come here. And if they can't come here illegally or legally, they'll come here illegally. They just want a shot. And then there's that group of people that want to hurt and destroy and kill and maim people and institutions in America. We call them terrorists, and they're coming across the border. It's real simple. They're coming across the border because they want to be here, and nobody's stopping them. Nobody is bringing any order or organization to this nation in regards to immigration and if you take a stand and say what I'm saying and I've been an ordained minister all of my adult life a pastor a youth pastor and so on and before you criticize me please tell me how much you've done in the missions downtown and the and the the, the poor and helping those that are down and out that's always been a part of our life and our ministry But I will tell you, this is not compassion. This is destructive ideology. This is not helping these people. It is putting them in bondage in many ways. We need to help the down-and-out people. And America needs a system that works. But all they keep doing, these people that are now in power in America, they're socialists, many of them. They are certainly, certainly, do not have America in their best interests. They have themselves in their best interests. They're occupiers. They're not leaders. The goal is to provide for the children a quality of life and education. The press went out and talked to some of the people that are out on the street. They said, why are you doing this? Every one of them said the same thing. We want a shot. We want to get a better job. We want to provide for our family. There's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong is our people who are elected or appointed to take care of America and look out for America's best interests, they're so proud they got their office, they don't care. They won't act. And when they do act, it's always some socialist cockamamie idea that's only going to destroy more of America's foundations and institutions and the people who live here and even the people who are coming here illegally. The cause is obvious why they're coming here. But they're out there asking them, why? And Majorca is saying, I don't understand how this is happening. He needs to go back to school or go home and sit in one of his homes on the beach or whatever. That's what needs to happen with him if he doesn't understand why it's happening. When we, the people out here who don't do his job full time, we understand it. We know why. What we don't understand is what's wrong with the people that are supposed to be leading America. They don't come up with any ideas, they don't do anything constructive. They just occupy their chair. I've heard Mayorcus, I don't pay that much attention to him, but I do watch what he says. I've heard him say at least five times how proud he is of his service of his lifetime service to America. He always gets around to that. Well, that's fine, but what has been the service? I don't know until now, but I know right now he gets an F. He's failing, miserably failing. His office gets his 2023 budget for his agency. What he's responsible for is $175 billion. That's not to build anything, walls or whatever, or curtains or, you know, teeter-totters or whatever he wants to build down there, but That's to run, that's, that's to know this stuff. $175 billion. He works with intelligence and police agencies and the world's superpowers. He's free to read anything and everything that's out there. He's free to read what I just said. I was quoting from various news sources that talk to these people on the street. They say, why are you doing this? They say, I want a better life. If I can't come in legally, I'll come illegally. I'll sneak in, I'll do whatever I need to do. It's easily understood. The problem is, why can't these people lead and fix anything? Part of it is their inabilities, for sure. The other part is they may not share the same vision for America that many of us have for our country. He says he's working on it. (laughs) They all say that Kamala Harris is working on it as well. He put out a Mayorkas put out a jumbled string of words the other day, a couple of days ago. It was all over the weekend. He said, you know, the challenge of migration is in one respect a dynamism. It is very complex phenomenon. He said, we saw a tragic fire in the city of Juarez in Mexico and the impact domestically within Mexico. And since then, we saw over the past weeks a significant surge of Venezuelans. He said, we are... We are, we have reached an agreement with the government of Mexico to address that surge and we're going to see the results of that agreement very shortly. Of course. Have you noticed how this administration always deflects when they're asking an honest question? Mayorcas frequently de- deflects questions about his pro-migration policies. He says, fundamentally, we are working within a broken system. Well, fundamentally, they need to fix the system. That's what they're in office for. Even one of their own, Henry Cuellar, he's the Democrat Texas representative. And his uh, area, his his, um, section is down in South Texas along the border there. Cuellar says, just saying that the system is broken, he told the press this just the other day. He said, just saying that the system is broken is an easy way to not do what we need to do at the border and working with other people, other countries like Mexico, Guatemala, and other folks that want to work with us. He said, I agree, I support immigration reform, but just to say the system is broken is an easy way out to doing nothing. Even NBC News admits that simple truth. They're saying... Something needs to happen there. We need help. Well, there's much more to say, but we're out of time. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.